0: Good morning I know a lot of our youth are going to go do youth here but at the same time if you are going on the missions trip to the Dominican Republic with the mission of hope if you guys can come forward I just we are we are wanting to pray over you if you guys can just come forward yeah just come right up yeah come right up sweet I'm very excited. I'm very, very, very excited. We actually have a group of ten or eleven, Dre. Eleven. We have a group of eleven going. Um, Yeah. And and more than anything, they represent you. They represent uh, Christ. They represent Hill City Church. They represent your giving and your generosity. They represent hard work. But uh, they also represent that they're going to do uh, just great work in Dominican Republic. That I pray that people on on the medical missions, that people will be healed and that they will not die. That their souls, that people's souls will be saved. That, That we are still about. The saving of souls. We are still about God moving in lives and saving families. We're still about God's kingdom in the Dominican Republic. And that's what these guys represent for you guys. Uh, is there anything you want to say, Dre? No.
1: Um, we just wanted to thank you guys for just all of the support. I feel, I personally feel really supported by you guys. We've done a lot of like fundraising and making things and Every time I feel like you guys are there with us, you're just like, cool, we'll buy and we'll give you extra money. And we're just really want to share in this with you. So we feel that. And I just wanted to say thank you. And yeah.
0: It's super honored that you guys represent us, honestly. And, uh, and we're going to pray over them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Mo to pray over you guys. And uh, gonna, we're going to just lay our hands on you. Uh, a couple of the leaders are going to come up lay their hands on you. And uh, we're going to believe. We're going to send you guys out because it's uh, in a couple of weeks. And uh, and I want you guys to put, put them down in your prayers. Like every day or once a week, as you think of them, I want you to just pray for them, knowing that they represent you. They represent us and that they are going to do good work and that God would use them mightily not for their benefit but for the benefit of where they're going and where we're going together. Amen?
1: Um, I'm just really excited for them to go. Uh, Missions is like huge on my heart and um, so if you guys can just extend your hands like John was saying they're an extension of us so you guys are they're being your hands they're being your feet so just put every everything that you have to pray over God is hearing our prayers right now to use these people to go and be our hands and feet so God I just thank you so much for the group of people that are going to the um, Dominican Republic Lord God I pray that you would just continue to just surround them Lord God That even as they're preparing, Lord, that you would begin preparing their hearts, Lord God, for the conversations that they're going to have with people over there, Lord God, for the miracles that they're going to witness, Lord God, I pray that you would just continue to increase their faith right now, Lord God, that as they're praying for the people over there, Lord God, that they would know and have confidence that you are hearing their prayers, Lord God, and that they would the people in the dominican would witness their faith lord god and that they would desire more and more of you lord god and for those that aren't represented up here today lord god i pray that wherever they're at right now lord god that you would even begin to move in their lives too lord and that you would just um continue to give them a strength lord god and a and a desire to just seek after you in this time while they're over there lord god for the week lord that um every moment would just be Spent just worshiping you, Lord God. I thank you so much for their willingness to go, Lord God, and everything that they've done to go over there, Lord. I pray that you would just do a mighty work, Lord God, in and through them and in and through the people in the Dominican, Lord God, that they would experience you in a real and mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray.
0: Amen. Give these guys a hand. How cool is that? I hope that each and every one of us, that, uh, that missions is not something that missionaries do. It's something that we all do. I hope that, that it says go into all the world, all the world from, from here to wherever God takes us, that for Hill City, it doesn't end here in Thornton, that, that we would open up our eyes and our hearts to those who are far from him, who are broken and who need Jesus. I really believe that we are called to reach people, to love people far from Him. That that, that is the desire of God's heart for His church. And, and it's the desire of God's heart. We want, we want to absolutely echo that. Good morning. If you're here for the first time, I'm John. And I'm so glad that you guys are here. And last week, we got to be a part of baptisms man how many of you guys enjoyed that yeah how incredible how incredible the stories we got to hear the stories of people's lives of of baptisms and we got to celebrate God's stories I just call them God's stories because God is doing a great work at Hill City Church and God's doing a great work all around Thornton and I don't want you to miss it you're a part of what happened last week you're a part of the baptisms that happened last week you're inviting you're giving you're serving you're praying your life matters to people eternally it really really does think about that for a moment the way you and I live our lives matter to people eternally not just for this moment not this not just for this bump but for eternal people's families that you can change the outcome of generations of, uh, of pain you could do that not not because of you but because jesus because jesus is in you the holy spirit is empowering you and we have a mission to accomplish tell your neighbor you got a mission to accomplish that's right say it with some authority you got a mission to accomplish yeah and it's good it's good today we're continuing the message series storyteller looking honestly into the parables of jesus and if you've ever looked into the parables of jesus they're deep you gotta listen you gotta read and listen because they go beneath the surface and jesus is inviting us he says those who have ears let them hear what did he say why did he say that let them hear because we can hear the parables and miss it. We can think, oh, that's a good story. That's pretty cool, Jesus. And miss the divine intention that you are part of that story. We got to read ourselves into that story and find out what character we are playing in that story. Because in every parable, Jesus tells us we're in there somewhere. Who are you in the story? Are you the good, are you, are you the soil with the hardened soil? Are you, are you, who are you in these parables? Are you the lost sheep? Who who are you in these stories? Are you the older brother, the younger brother? So all over the Bible are these stories of God. And uh, all over the parables. And Jesus is revealing more of his kingdom, more of himself. And in light of these parables, and in light of the parable that I'm going to read you today, I want you to confront who you are in the story. And today's a tough one, right? I want you to confront who you are in the story. And I want you to change in light of Jesus. I'm going to turn this off. Hey, talk to your neighbor so I don't look weird. All right. There we go. That's much better. It's all right. I don't need to hear myself. I'm loud enough. They always turn down my mic uh, because I'm too loud. But, uh. We're going to go, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to run in. Heavenly Father, we're going to open up your word, and I pray you just reveal Jesus. And right now, for those who have ears in this room, let them not just listen. Let them hear how you are speaking to them in the story today. Reveal Jesus and change our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen if you have your bibles please turn to matthew 25 all right we celebrate the word of god we celebrate the word of god before i just start flipping there or going there on your phones or your ipads or your amazon devices or your actual bibles with pages right but how many of you guys before we get there how many of you guys have ever messed up huge because you didn't prepare anyone right? You were ill-prepared, and you may, maybe it was for a project or an anniversary, which I am horrible at. I apologize, Candace, right? She knows. Or birthdays or whatever. You knew it was coming. You just didn't pay attention, and you did not prioritize it. You just, you're like, uh, oh, I don't need to prioritize this. I got this. And, and it just snuck up on you, Right? And you just threw things together like sometimes you normally do, hoping for the best, but it didn't work out. Has anyone done something like that? I know I have. And what was yours? Shout out what yours was. Mine, there's all sorts of things I do most Christmases, right, so this is the dude at Walgreens at Christmas, and you know what's so funny, uh, being at Walgreens at Christmas, I'm at Walgreens at Christmas, right, I'm like, why is Walgreens so full at Christmas, because there's people like us, and everyone gets a cheerhead, right, right, everyone is like growing, uh, this like as seen on TV stuff, but mine, I, I want to tell you mine, mine was a wedding, mine was a wedding, and I was the officiant, all right, And on that day, I knew it was coming, but I totally brushed it off until that morning where I said, oh, my goodness, I have a wedding to do. I think immediately I, like, looked for my suit, and I was, like, ironing it because it wasn't ready. I was, like, uh, trying to get a haircut. I was freaking out on that day. And so because I was lacking time, what I did was I took an old wedding vow, right? I took an old one, and I just, and, and, and on Word, you can push control F, and, and I looked up their name, and I just filled in the other people's names, right, on this old wedding, vow. you know where this is going, all right, on this vow, so I was like, all right, I, everything is changed out, they won't know the difference, I don't really know the man. who would know the difference, John, so I just put in their names, and I said, this, this is going to be good, this is going to be good, so here I am at the wedding, and it's going awesome, right, I'm just, I, like, I'm being funny, charming, using the word of God, this, I would, yet refined, yet refined, right? And it's almost over. We're at the very end of the wedding. I'm at the finish line. All I need to do is announce the new couple as husband and wife. And I said, now I present to you for the first time, Mr. and Mrs., I I will change names for their sake. I said, blah, 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 and blah, 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 Garcia. And all of a sudden, The room went quiet, and I knew I made a fatal mistake. I changed out their first names, but I forgot to change out their last name, and I pronounced them the wrong name as husband and wife. I was like, want to get away? Right? I was like, it was like a Southwest commercial, I was there. I forgot, I announced the wrong name, Marcy. That's like the one time you don't do it. I should have not even, not even used their last name, but I was so prideful. I was like, I got this. I was smiling and I announced it and the hush over the crowd. See, my pride, it comes before fall. I should have prepared. How easy would that have been? I hope they have forgotten. Probably not, right? But there are areas in our life that we cannot be ill-prepared for. Not just take it lightly. And that's what Matthew 25, the whole chapter, is about. And I hope that if you get a chance to read chapter 24 and 25, you would read it this week. Because it's very important. And it talks about the same thing over and over and over again. It actually talks about the same thing six times or uh, five times in a row. Telling us this is very, very, very important. So there's three parables in 25, two, there's three in 24, but two that talk about the same thing, all making the same point that there will be a day that Jesus is coming, a day of joy and a day of terror. That's how the Bible describes it. A day of reckoning, a day when all things will be made right. And on that day that Jesus returns... He won't come as a baby in a manger, but he will come in glory as a judge and king. Think about that. It's a very, very different day. Very different day. And I'm not trying to be smug, but the Bible tells us either we will bow now or we will bow later, but we will all bow. There is no, you're not going to be like, I got a question for you, Jesus. There's none of that. You will be on your face on that day. And my hope is that we would bow our hearts and the lives to Jesus now on this side of grace. And with that, I'm going to read our text. And I'm going to read it. I read this reverently because I think we need to hear this today. We need to. I'm going to read it. At that time, Jesus is speaking, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went in to meet the bridegroom. Five of the virgins were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish ones took their lamps, they did not take extra olive oil with them. But the wise ones took a flask of olive oil with their lamps. And when the bridegroom was delayed a long time, they became drowsy And fell asleep we see here a wedding is taking place right the custom of weddings back in the day back in this time was that at the end of the engagement the groom would come with his groomsmen with his friends and, and in a formal procession to the bride's home where she together with her friends the unmarried virgins of this parable would join the groom's party in procession back to his home Back to the prepared wedding feast. And if you think about that in your mind, this is very significant of how it's going to be. There's tons of spiritual significance if you think about it. But the groom was delayed, so everyone falls, fell asleep. And, and you know what? Nothing's wrong with that. We all, it was normal, right? He was delayed. People got tired of waiting. And verse 6, but at midnight, say midnight, A lot of things happen in the Bible at midnight when we are least expecting it, right? There was a shout, look, the groom, the bridegroom is here. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us your oil because our lamps are about to go out. No, they replied, there won't be enough for you and for us. Go instead to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. Verse 10, but while they had gone to buy it, the bridegroom arrived. And those who were ready went inside with him to the wedding banquet. And then the door was shut. Later, the other virgins came too, saying, Lord, Lord, let us in. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I do not know you. Therefore, stay alert because you do not know the day or the hour. That's the word of God. It's not an easy reading. But here is Jesus days before the cross, days before suffering, days before taking on the sins of the world, our sins, our soul. And he gives a stark warning, not out of anger, but out of love. And I'm reading this not out of anger, not saying, here you go. Are you ready? No, I'm giving this out of love for us because he knows us, right? So Jesus is speaking to his followers, us, his church. This message is for his church, those who are invited to the wedding about two groups of people, two kinds of followers that we all follow fall under in this parable: the wise and prepared versus the foolish and unprepared. Listen, we all know what it means to be prepared, right? We prepare our homes. We prepare for retirement, for vacations, for weddings. I should have been a little more prepared for that last one I just told you about. College, we prepare for jobs. We prepare for kids. We prepare for when friends are coming, we prepare for, right? Church this morning, some of us, we are prepared. We, we pick out what we're going to wear. And I wish I was a little more prepared because I need to pick out better outfits sometimes, Right? But here you are. Mo told me, I didn't think you were wearing a shirt underneath. I I, I guess this is my skin color, right? I was like, maybe I was ill-prepared, right? I was like, thanks, Mo. I thought I looked cool, yeah. But are you prepared? Are you prepared? I'm going to say it a third time. Are you prepared to meet Jesus for that day? That's the question. See, this parable, if I would rephrase it in the way of the parable, the parable would say, how is your fire? Is your fire burning bright? Is it ready? Is your fire for God burning strong? Are you prepared to keep it burning? Will your fire endure the weight and the weights of life, or will it burn out? Maybe it's the first time you're thinking about your faith in that way, but Jesus is thinking in that way. He's really saying, are you ready? Are you going to follow me? Are you truly a disciple? Or will you get carried away by the cares of the world? Because the world, the cares of the world, it is heavy. Now what is the disciple? The word disciple refers to a student or an apprentice. That's what it means. That's what the word disciple means. Disciple in the day's of Jesus, were, uh, were, were students that followed their rabbi wherever, their teacher, rabbi means teacher, wherever he went. Studying the rabbi's teaching, training to do what the rabbi did. Basically, a disciple is a follower. Say follower. follower. But only... If you take the word follower literally, you can, we can say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but are we following Jesus? Are we taking that literally? More than knowing all the right things, following means obedience. Following means putting myself under the authority of my teacher. Following means following. Following means following. I know, I know this is deep. You're like, get on with it. What do you mean following means following? Following means following. Say following means following. I know it sounds dumb to say that, but many, many people say, I follow Jesus, yet do not follow him. And so I have to say many times, following means following. When Jesus called his first disciples, these disciples, they didn't know where they were going, but they knew what it meant to follow They knew. They didn't know where they were going, but they were following. They were following. They knew what it meant to follow. They took Jesus' call literally, going everywhere he went, doing what he did, learning to be like Jesus. Following wasn't conceptual like, I got it, I'm following now. I'm following you. No, that's not what he meant. It was actual. I'm going where you want me to go. If your word, if the word of God says make disciples, that's what I'm going to work on. I'm going to do what you said you want me to do. It's impossible to be a disciple or a follower of someone and not end up like them. See, Jesus said in Luke six forty, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he's fully trained will be like their teacher. The whole point is that we imitate Jesus, we carry on his work, we know his heart and become like him in the process of following. Following means following. See in the words of Francis Chan, today many have come to believe that a person can be a Christian without being a like Christ, a follower who doesn't follow. Jesus didn't say believe me, he said follow me. Today Jesus is teaching us, I know it's quiet, this is the whole thing's going to be strong. I'm going to just tell you that that's the parable. Jesus didn't say, believe me. What did he say? Follow. Follow me. It's very different. It's very different. Right? So Jesus is teaching us how to prepare for the end, for the coming of Christ. I, was almost, I almost wrote this. Uh, the sermon was going to be called, how to prepare for the end of the world. But rather, I called it virgins, fires, and weddings. Who knew? Right? I'm not very creative, but how to prepare for that moment, just think of that moment where we will meet God face to face, face to face. What do we do? And I have four things that we must do. We must do. If you're taking notes, please take notes. Please take notes. Number one, stay vigilant. Stay vigilant, stay aware, stay alert. Wouldn't you live differently if you knew that someone was about to break into your house? (laughs) Yeah, you would be ready, right? You would be ready. If you knew the plan that something was going to happen to you, uh, that someone was going to come to your house, you would be totally ready. But wouldn't you live differently if you knew that Jesus was coming back tonight, today? Wouldn't, Wouldn't things be a little different this morning, right? I would. I absolutely would. First Peter 5.8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he, devour, whom he may devour. See, Satan's main tool to get, off, get us off track for our country, for other countries, I think it's different things. But for this place, for our country, and maybe for you and me, is this, busyness. They used to say, and I heard a quote, if the devil can't make you bad, he's going to make you busy. How many of us are busy? Anyone busy, right? And then you look, and you're like, what am I even doing? Why am I so busy? I look at my schedule, busy, right? I'm trying to make appointments with some friends, busy. We're, we're meeting on Thursdays at eight in the morning, and that's the only time we have together. We're so busy, and I understand it. We live in such a busy world. Do you know the, that the United States is it's on the top five list of busiest countries in the world? That the people work the most hours. That 40 hours a week is a joke now. People work like 60, 70 hours a week. We're pushing it. We're pushing it because we want more. We're staying busy. But how would we live if we knew Jesus was coming? Because I was thinking, if Satan can't make you bad, he makes you just busy. Because when we're busy, we're, un- we're not focused on the things we need to be focused on. Sometimes it doesn't take blatant sin to rob us of what God wants to do in our lives. We miss it because we fill our lives with stuff and busyness. And I just have three things that busyness does for us. Busyness keeps us, number one, from knowing God. What's the first thing to go when you get really busy? Right? Your church, your time with God, these moments that really, really matter. Your time, uh, prayer time, these spending time with God, His Word, His prayer—that's on purpose. Why is that the first thing all the time? You would think that would be the last thing to go. No, it's actually for most of us, it's the first thing to go. So busyness keeps us from knowing God. Number two, busyness keeps us overcommitted and underconnected. And I can go off on this, but I'm going to go go short on this. Some of us, we are overcommitted, and we're like, I'm doing a lot of things. There's a lot of things I want to accomplish in life, but uh, we are so underconnected. We are underconnected in the most life-giving relationships that we need. Think about that. We all have aspirations, I know. But I see so many people and so many families upplaying experiences and downplaying relationships. And sometimes those experiences, they're not even that great when you don't have the relationships to back it up. Watching the Broncos lose is more fun with a friend. It really is. You're like, you can talk trash now with your buddy. You're like, oh, I can't believe that. They've never won in Lambeau Field in 30 years or something. You know, you can go on. You can go on. You can talk, right? I, I always used to say, I used to go snowboarding way too much. And I, I, and I said, it's, more, it's easier to fall In front of your friends than to fall alone (laughs) right you fall down with your friends you get right back up even though it hurts you're like oh yeah that didn't hurt right but you fall alone you're there you're like oh anyone anyone see me I'm in pain I don't know if you've ever done that or you've fallen in the kitchen or or down the stairs it hurts more when you're alone for some reason the result of our busyness, right, is this being overcommitted and underconnected, missing out on primary relationships that your soul was built for. The, in the, Jesus said that we can gain the whole world yet lose our soul. And what that means, because I think it means far more than just salvation. It means you can, lo- have you ever said, I'm losing myself? Yes. Have you ever said, I feel broken? I feel like just distant? That's all soul language, and we say these things, and we're losing our soul, and we think, oh, it's just normal. It's not normal. Jesus called that out. How's your soul? Is your soul dying inside, filled in the crowded rooms? How many have ever felt that? I have. That's soul language. Watch out for that. That's not just going to work itself out because you, you fill yourself with more people. You need deep relationships and you need a deeper relationship with God, the one who loves your soul. Think about that. Don't push off soul language. Don't push it off because it matters. It matters being overcommitted and underconnected. Even good things can hinder human connection that we all need. Number three, business keeps us unhealthy. Sometimes we're losing our health in this room because we're so busy. We get tired, we eat crazy foods. Like we're like, oh, just once a week, then it's like every day, right? We, yet we don't slow down. Our pace is causing us to be prone to sickness, Stress is building up like a balloon and you know you're about to go crazy, but you keep on pumping that balloon. It's so crazy that we can't read ourselves. We need to be a little more self-aware. The Bible talks so much about self-awareness, but we push that aside, right? And we don't read ourselves into the story. We say, oh man, that message was really good for someone else. And I always want to say, when I hear that, I'm like, that message was for you then. That's what I think in my head, but I don't say it out loud because that sounds self-righteous all right. Sorry. That's just what's in my head. But it makes us vulnerable. When we keep ourselves so busy, it makes us vulnerable to sickness, and it also makes you vulnerable to sin. And and it makes you prideful. Some of us, we're too prideful in this room. We're like, that's not me. That's someone else. I don't know what's wrong with me, but it's not that. It's not, I'm not, I'm not self-aware, John. I mean, I'm not not self-aware. That's a double knot. I apologize. But we think, we think it's always someone else. I'm telling you, God is speaking to some of our hearts today. Are you getting sick? Are you changing very quickly? Your emotions are a little broken. That's all soul language. There's something in you that's unhealthy, and God is calling you. Hear his voice, please. We need to get back to the cross of Jesus and be freaked out about it again. And we will find joy. I was telling Geo during prayer night, Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. And, and he's like, come find rest in me. And how do we find rest in God? He, we take his yoke. Yoke means his weight, like this thing built on him. And we think the yoke of God, that God wants to trap us back, and actually the yoke of God taking on the mission of God actually sets you free. Taking on the submission of Jesus, what he's calling you to, to be a disciple, we think locks us up. And we're like, oh, I don't want to be locked up. It actually is going to set you free. And I want to ask you, you've done it your way. Why can't we just walk one step and do it God's way for one moment and say, I'll take that yoke. Because I've taken on the yoke of the world, trying to do it for myself, trying to make it for myself, trying to be good enough, trying to get my name out there. And it it has just brought me more weight. Why don't I take on Christ, the weight of what Jesus is offering us? And he, then he turns around and says, the yoke is easy. My burden is light. And you're like, it doesn't seem easy. It doesn't seem light to take up my cross and follow you, deny myself. This seems like the exact opposite of the things I need. But I'm telling you, it's an upside-down kingdom. I'm not trying to convince you. But when you take on the yoke of Jesus, the weight of Jesus, it actually sets you free. Not puts more burden on you. Can we just go the opposite direction? If we have done it our way for so long, for one moment, I dare you to trust Jesus. I dare you to take this thing seriously. I dare you to go make disciples. And even if it's super awkward, I beg you would be way more free to take on the mission of God than to take on your own mission, which seems easy. I dare you. I didn't know I was going to go that way, but I, it's in me because I see too many people who follow Jesus who are falling apart, full of anxiety, and just faking it, faking it. You will not make it. <laughs> we fake it till you make it. You won't make it. You won't make it. I've seen people who try to fake it till they make it, and they're old, and uh, they get older and bitter. Have you ever been around people that are just bitter? Just everything they say is like bitterness? You, you know what that is? That's, that happens because you try to fake it till you make it, and now you don't want to fake it anymore, and, and, and it's just crushing you. I believe our, disciple, uh, our discipleship should lead us to humility, vulnerability, which leads us to joy. Jesus is after your joy. Jesus is after your happiness, right? In him, that's where happiness comes from. Joy, we can't make joy. I'm telling you, I've tried to make joy. I tried to do everything I wanted to do. And guess what? There, it's still empty, still empty. I always use a Jim Carrey quote that says, I wish everyone was rich and famous and did everything they wanted to do so they can find out that it's not it. It's not it. Stay vigilant. Number two, live with urgency. Live with urgency. You have an urgent mission. You have an urgent mission. If you knew that Jesus was coming back, how would you live? If you knew that people are far from God and their souls will be lost... Would we live differently? Because that is real. Jesus tells us, you have a mission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I've commanded you. Surely I will be with you always. As we do this, God would fill our lives with himself. He will fill us up. This is not the great suggestion. This is the great commission. It's the Great Commission, and if you know the world is coming to an end, and we, all we're doing is rearranging the deck on the Titanic, it's a mistake. Are we, all we're doing is just not paying attention. We have a Great Commission. It has to be on our radar. As I was reading this over and over, this has been a very hard message. I've worked on this for so many hours because how do I say this nicely? There's no nice way to say that Jesus is coming back, and you might not make it, but that's the parable. I was like, how do I say this nicely? There's no nice way. Are we wise, or are we foolish? That's straight up what he says, and I was like, how do I dress this up? And he's like, don't dress it up. Stay vigilant, Live with urgency. Number three, tend to your fire, or your fire will go out. I talked about it before. Are you growing in your faith? Just some questions. Are you taking new steps of faith in your life? Is your affections for God ever increasing, or are we talking about I remember when? When I was so close with God. I remember when that happened. No more I remember whens. We got to move forward, church. We got to put our faith out there. Is your fire low? Because if your fire is low, you can't tend to someone else's fire. You can. not Leaders tend to your fire. Parents tend to your fire. Singles tend to your fire. There's nothing more important than tending to your fire. I heard someone say, I was a Christian for 22 years, but instead of being a 22-year-old Christian, I was a one-year-old Christian 22 times. And I was like, man, is that us today? If it's true, and only we know, only we know. We can have like, like all the Jesus stuff on our walls and wear the t-shirt, but only we know if we are growing or if we have been a one-year-old for far too long. And number four, take hope in suffering. You have hope in suffering because one day your suffering will end. One day all things will be made right. As we close today, are you participating with Jesus? See, just like that wedding, we don't know when the groom is coming back. But are we ready? Is our fire still burning? Or will we miss Jesus? And in this parable, 50% of the people miss Jesus. And so I sat there questioning my own faith, like, God, am I going to miss you? Am I going to be ill-prepared because I'm carried away by all the worries of the world? How many times do you need to say this until I believe you, God? Can we stand today? I just want you to remember these are not my words. This is what God would say to you today. This is what Jesus taught on the day before he was to be crucified. He taught it five times in a row. Five times. I would say there's something about that that we should grab a hold of for a heads spout. If we don't pay attention, church, if we don't stay prepared, if we don't live in mission, if we don't do and follow Jesus, we are going to miss him And I don't know how else to say that. We can miss God unprepared for his return. Busy doing good things but missing God. And I'm not trying to scare tactic you but I'm also not going to act as if we have all the time in the world. You can miss God. Souls around you could be totally lost or you can share the gospel in and through your life because we don't know the day or the hour, but we have right now. With your heads bowed, I want to ask you four questions. Are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus' return? Are you right with God? Or is your fire burning so low that you feel like it's about to go out? Are you a follower of Jesus who follows Jesus? It's time to get serious about our mission, about the call of God on our life. It's time to look again what it means to follow Jesus well. Heavenly Father, I just pray for our church. Just take a moment. Just ask yourself those questions. Am I ready? Am I right with God? Am I on mission? Is it urgent in my life? Because one day we will meet God face to face. Take a moment. If you're in this room and you have never made Jesus your Lord and Savior you've done it your way for so long or if you feel like your fire been out and you need a restart today and you need to, or to recommit your life to God if that's you I just want I just want you to raise your hand I want to pray for you I want us to make a bold statement hey yeah thank you yeah I need I need to restart this thing I need to yeah thank you thank you thank you Thank you. All over this room, thank you. Heavenly Father, I just pray for every hand that went up, Lord God, and I pray in the name of Jesus that you would, Lord God, as they would walk in obedience, that you will be with them always. You would fill them with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, and with, Lord God, hope, Lord God, and truth, Lord God, and that we would move with grace, Lord God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would rekindle this fire even today, Lord God. A fire that will not go out because we keep the oil full. We keep the fuel tank full, Lord God. We keep on recharging and waiting on you, Lord God, seeking you, Lord God. I pray that in this room right now, Lord, that you would start something fresh and one person, two people, three people, it could change everything, Lord God. One person, Lord God, in love with Jesus can change the world that has happened and is happening all over the world today. Lord God, I pray, let us be followers who follow. Let me be a follower that follows today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated for just a moment.
1: Um, so I was asked to uh, do offering and announcements, which feels really like lighthearted compared to what we just heard. Um, but I just wanted to share, even in your offering, that it's an opportunity for you to give back to God what He's already given to you. Like, it's for us to give back to Him. So if the guys could just come forward, I'm just gonna read this scripture real fast and then I'm gonna pray over offering and then I'll do announcements as they're receiving offering. But in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion God loves a cheerful giver so as you're giving today just give it to God cheerfully knowing that he's going to use what you're giving as a seed to sow into somebody else's life and that's what that goes for um so I'm just going to pray over the offering God I just thank you so much for each and every person in this place Lord and as they give to you today Lord I pray that they would um truly give it so cheerfully because you gave to us cheerfully you gave us your son um and surrender him to us so that we could have life in you god and as we give to you lord i pray that you would use this these funds to go um towards reaching people for you um and we love you and thank you for everything that you do for us god and we just give this back to you in jesus name we pray amen um so two announcements that i have um If you guys are looking for somewhere to feel like you belong, that's what our groups are for. And if you've walked into this place and you're like, okay, I just heard this message and I feel like I wanna do something, but how do I do something? You can be a part of a group. And one of the things that we do as part of our life groups here is um, as a group, you get to decide a service project that you're going to do. So you guys can be the hands and feet of Jesus and go take his word to other people around you. So, um, that's one part of the groups. Um, the other part is just being in community and eating together. Like Jesus ate everywhere he went. So, um, that brings in community. I feel like I just having nourishment for your body helps you to like, reach out and talk to people it brings you to a place of comfort when you see other people shoving hamburgers into your mouth you don't feel as bad about shoving a hamburger into your mouth but um sorry but if you guys did not receive one of these brochures last week uh, just make sure that you pick one up and then text the leader so if you're like thinking "Eh, maybe I'll go maybe I won't I'll just decide when it comes to it no just decide to go because if you are on the fence, then you're not going to do it. But if you're all in, then you're going to be all in. Just be committed for six weeks. Take your time. Commit to a life group. Go build relationships. Um, Jesus wasn't just about himself, so we shouldn't just be about ourselves. Sorry if that's harsh. But um, let's go. Be a community with people. Find people that you can talk to and eat with and have fun with and laugh with and cry with and just be there for them. Um, So make sure you pick up one of those, text the leader and let them know that you're coming so they know who all to expect. And that's the first week of October is when that starts. Um, And then the other announcement is that if you guys know Hannah, she's not in here today. Um, She's serving in Kids Thrive, or sorry, Hill City Kids. Oh my God. Oh, okay. But... They, she is going to be starting a cultivate 2.0 so this class is the next step for anyone who's already taken growth track but you're like where do I go from here so it's gonna have topics that range from how to study your bible apologetics and future discipleship so you're like you're like okay I just started in this church but I just became a Christian if you just made that step today where John asked you to raise your hand to follow Jesus like And you're like, okay, now what do I do? This is your next step. So it starts October 20th and it's four weeks long. It'll be on Sunday mornings and Hannah's gonna have signups next week. So make sure you pray about it and just don't just pray about it, but really follow what God is leading you to do today. So as you walk out of this place, Follow in his footsteps, make decisions, make choices. And um, we're just so thankful that you guys decided to join us today. Uh, Thanks for being here. I'm just going to say a quick prayer for you guys. And feel free to head out, eat bagels on your way out, coffee, water. God, I just thank you so much for who you are and all that you're doing. I pray that you would walk with us as we walk out of this place, Lord. And that you would just continue to build and cultivate relationships that were built here, God, that we can just continue to follow after you, Lord, that um, we would just, we would find our oil and that we would just chase after you with everything in us, Lord, and we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.